Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Renderos Brothers. I am Sam. I am Mike. What uh, up? You know me. Uh, you can find me. Render me Sam. And we have Hollywood Mike with double eyes. Uh, so, real quick. Dos ojos. Uh, we're about to start a new episode. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing anymore, honestly. <laughs> another week, another episode, another, another uh, round of uh, I'm falling uh, apart. movies and uh, Fear stuff of the that, week. Yeah, we, and stuff we, that gets in, the, in our ways in between the, the week. You know, exactly. Just, uh, so, uh, let's just get started. Yes. Fuck. All right, guys. So this is a very special episode. We have now hit 50 weeks of doing this show. And obviously, I've been doing podcasting on and off for... I want to say five, six years at this point. Yeah, but celebrating that big five zero for I, us. I know that you have never done a podcast up until now. So how do you feel fifty weeks in? Um, <laughs> I like it, man. It's pretty tight. I, I like the change change of pace for uh, the lifestyle I, I had when, in a positive way, of course. But um, I like it because it's cool to be able to express myself and just talk uh, nonsense on here and just have a good time, you know. Yeah. And watch movies in a different way and see things in a different way. Now, you know, it's pretty yeah. dope. Uh, have you felt like, uh, I mean, like, especially like uh, with reviewing movies and like looking at television shows, do you feel that you look at shit differently now? Like, do you, like you nitpick films a little bit more? Because that's how I feel about watching movies now. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, Sometimes I'm just like, well, why did this happen? I'm fucking taking a machete. Like, I'm tearing quick, this shit yeah. down. Even when they're acting, I'm just like, oh, even if it's like a uh, someone that they use as a, as a, as a little fill in. Yeah. I was like, that person was trash. <laughs> like extra trash, you know? It's like, yeah. Well, Cause you know that if it's a good movie and they just put it somebody like it, st- it stands out, it stands out in a certain sense. So it does. Uh, so you know, I mean, like before, you know, I, I watched movies and I was always critical of them, and I, I knew what I liked and I knew what I hated. But over time, like just doing podcasts, and it's mostly revolved around entertainment, right? There was a the podcast that I did where it was more serious, but we still talked about films. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I realized, like, oh, I actually got to really start looking at all this stuff and taking it apart and yeah, assembling and at, at the times at together. times i don't want to because i want to be like more chill and be like you know something to kind of that, that you know people kind of just watch movies sometimes just for the fuck of it you know yeah. what i mean just just to be more relatable in that way not so critical you know what i mean well i'm glad that people try just... to watch movies and just turn their brains off so <laughs> well i'm glad you decided to uh to partake in this podcast adventure with me oh, uh, to yeah. 50 more episodes and beyond and who That's knows right uh, the the bet is still on about who's gonna die first. We don't know. We've got a plethora of problems. I'm just older. <laughs> um, but our, our beer of the week. I'm just older. What a dick. <laughs> our beer of the week is uh, was sent to us by our friend Ryan. Uh, from, Ryan the Lion uh, from NorCal. Uh, he br- he came down and delivered New Glory Craft Breweries Gummy Worms Chewy Pale Ale. Uh, yep. Alcohol uh, by volume is five. Point eight. It is brewed and canned in Sacramento, California. Which is where he lives. Which is where he lives. So it's going to say in the back here, it's hard to believe, but no confections were harmed in the making of this delicious brew. So how do we do it? We make this juicy candy-like beer drinkable by using a careful balance of wheat, oats, and brewer's two-row barley. It is then aggressively dry hopped with citra and amarillo hops, for all those sweet candied pineapple and fruit notes reminiscent of our favorite gummy candies. Store cold, drink fresh. Um, yeah, so it, it's a, it's quite the can, I will say that. Yeah, it looks pretty tight, Real right? Real colorful. It reminds me of, I like the bird on it, and the worm's got a smiley face, even though he's about to get fucking torn apart by this bird. Yeah. Um, but... I've already cracked mine <laughs> open. You have to crack yours. I'm gonna crack it over right now. I've not had it yet. I'm about to partake in this as I take a sweet scent of it. It does smell like pineapple. It does smell like pineapple, so which is kind of funny to me. And uh, I'm gonna give this the first shot while he pours it. That is really nice. It's a nice, mild. Uh, beer, not like mild in terms of a lager or like a a Coors Light, like watered yeah. down, because it does have the hops to it. But it is a just kind of easy balanced drink. Has a little taste of sweetness on it, like a pineapple finish. But I could definitely see myself drinking a fuck ton of this. <clears throat> you know, 
pale ales are. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. It's not 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 bad. So I like the color. The color looks uh, nice and yellow, uh, like a pineapple almost. Yeah, it does. And, um, it's a real nice hazy, cloudy pineapple yellow. Yeah, but it, it's it tastes delicious. Honestly, this is really good. Uh, no, New glory. Good. I got the sweet taste at the very end right there. Yeah, uh, it hits different. All right. I see what this new glory is doing. Okay. New glory. Crap. Just send us a case now, Ryan. Thanks, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, if you guys are up in uh, Sacramento, if you guys are up north, go check them out. I mean, honestly. Or check your local. uh, Check. Support the local breweries when you go around traveling. Those one shops. What are they called? Craft brewery, like real shops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, we're going to start off with the, the, the news that we were hoping we wouldn't have to report. I was hoping, you know, that. We would hear that DMX has recovered and come out of the hospital. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Um, uh, Earl Simmons, aka DMX, he did pass away uh, after suffering a heart attack from an alleged overdose. Uh, born on December eighteenth, nineteen seventy, he passed away April nineteen, uh, April 9th of twenty twenty one. He was one of the biggest rappers in the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, yeah, his, his debut album was "It's Dark and Hot." Uh, and hell is hot. And Hell is Hot in 1998, which honestly, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, d- to me, DMX was did not appeal to me, right? During that period of time, yeah. 1998, uh, I'm a, almost a, I'm a junior, uh, senior in high school. Yeah. And so for me, I was starting to get into like corn and Deftones and, you know, like the metal, the Limp new metal Biscuit. scene. <laughs> no, I've, I've never liked Limp Biscuit, though I will say they do have some fucking jams that with friends we would definitely be stupid with. But yeah. Um, never a big Limp Biscuit fan, never a Godsmack fan. I hated Disturbed. Like, I was super fucking picky. Yeah. Uh, about stuff. Uh, I love Slipknot. So, rap for me, uh, at that point in time, I was not involved at all. Like, you know, stop, drop, you know, like, I was just like, all right, what is this? This is, <laughs> this that, is not that, for um, me. That song, I, I enjoyed that song. Well, but, you've, always, but, but you've then, always liked rap a little bit more than I Yeah, have. but when I try to go, like, into the album and stuff like that, at, at that age... I just it wasn't appealing to me at all. Yeah, you know, just the main hit record was. Yeah, but I was more into like um like more L.A. West Coast type of gangster rap in a sense. You know, I, I didn't yeah. like the, I didn't like the New York sound. Yeah, or like that East Coast sound. You know, that I'm East not, Coast sound. Yeah, uh, they're different sounds for sure. Yeah. like you know, growing up like in music and stuff. Well, I mean, like maturing in music and listening to all different styles. Like you can tell like when something is not West Coast. I can I can tell you the song like every single song that I like of his were all hits essentially. Yeah, it's, all the all the bangers. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, so you know it's just unfortunate that uh, uh, you know his struggle with um, drugs uh, turned out the way that we would hope it turned it wouldn't turn out because obviously we want everybody who is struggling with addiction to get help and be able to beat it, but we also know that the realistic aspects well, we found, of life. We also found out that um, uh, you know it wasn't it, he didn't become an addict because he wanted to become an addict. He never wanted to try that drug. A uh, friend of his laced some stuff that they smoked together. And, yeah, we talked about it last and, week and as well. Give him, and so, God, give him that hook, you know. That's, and, yeah, which is fucking terrible. I mean, honestly, like just what a what a shitty fucking thing to happen. Yeah, to someone and from it's what a I shitty hear, friend. Yeah, and I mean, like, and you know, it, it it's a shame because, you know, I don't even know how to say it. Like, honestly, like. You got to be looking out for your homies. Like, you know, if you know this dude only smokes weed, then just fucking give him weed. You don't have to fucking give him something else. Yeah, exactly. But, which, you know, you never know how someone is going to fucking turn around and fall apart and chemically it's going to fuck them yeah, up. Yeah, fucking and, destroy their fucking lives and shit. Yeah. You know. So uh, rest in peace, DMX. Uh, you know, I'm sorry that uh, like so many others and so many people who aren't, aren't famous, yeah. uh, you know, will pass away to, you know, drug addiction. And it's unfortunate and it's a serious problem. And I think... You know, we need to treat it with some, you know, seriousness. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of jokes that are being made. Shit, I mean, like, I'm, don't get me wrong, I've made jokes, uh, you know, back in the day. Yeah. But like, things have definitely shifted in, in terms of how I fucking approach all that stuff. So yeah, again, rest in peace, DMX. Yeah. Um. R.I.P. Uh, it's unfortunate. And some more bad news. I don't know what the fuck it is with me finding bad news, but Arc Like and Pacific Theaters are permanently closing. Uh, so their parent company is a company called Decurion. 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 Uh, uh, and they own all Arclight and Pacific theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the pandemic just made it difficult for them to reopen. So they're going to be shutting everything down, which includes the 
classic Hollywood the Cinerama dome that was, dome. Uh, you know, it's 58 years old. It was built here in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, Deadline uh, is reporting that it's more, it's not that the company went bankrupt, but it is more of like a negotiation with the lease, the the leases that they have, because they actually don't own the properties. They only own the theater yeah, chain. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So it looks like, you know, negotiations so the stalled they, out. The building that they built is... It was not them. It's on it, different, someone else's They land. just rented out the spot. And so apparently that's typical. That's, that's what happened. With, it belongs to the man with all the theater chains. Yeah. So they've actually just had a shutdown. You know, they laid off their workforce and stuff, which I, I didn't even realize that. Um, what? That fucking uh, Pacific theaters, they built it as a star studded like celebration, the Cinerama Dome in 1963. It was like a whole fucking, it was a whole shebang. And the first movie that played at the Cinerama Dome was uh, Stanley Kramer's It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Um, oh, and shit. it was a, a rapid construction. It only took uh, 16 weeks to build it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they, and what, what's going to suck is that they used to do some crazy stuff for certain movies and stuff like that. Um, yeah. When Godzilla came out uh, on top of the dome, they had built, they, they had like put Godzilla's face breaking out of it. So you could see it off the freeway. It was yeah. fucking huge. It was, it was dope as fuck just to see shit like that. Yeah. And um, I know Chinese theater and on of Hollywood always does shit. Like when they did they the Star all, they Wars also stuff, do cool stuff. We I fucked think up, they of course, because I never drove by the goddamn street. They built fucking massive fucking machines of Star from Star Wars and just never saw them. Yeah. But it's during the premieres and shit. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, yeah, it's it's a shame. I was lucky enough to see uh my last film that I saw at the Cinerama Dome was Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. I'd always wanted to go to that theater because, you know, it's a big dome. It's classic. And, yeah. and I enjoy going to the movies. So when Jojo Rabbit came out, um, my wife and I, we went down there. And I was like, what a beautiful theater this is. And it's funny because it was so big that the rows of chairs, they didn't go all the way throughout the whole dome. Like, it's it was just like a regular theater. It was just the centerpiece or whatever. But it's all open space to oh, give you better shit. echo okay. sounds. yeah, yeah. yeah. And the screen is for a film shot like with 70 millimeters. So it's a different, it's it's a bigger image. Yeah. But it, it was uh, an amazing theater. I, I'm, you know, and hopefully. It had a nice parking lot. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> had, had a great parking lot. It had a great parking lot. Um, I went to the but, parking lot a few times because uh, I used to go to some club uh, yeah. literally across the street from there. That's funny. Um, uh, but I, it, I also remember going there and having to, when I first uh, got into like the studio system, I remember getting, having, having to go in, um, Wipe down Optimus Prime and fucking uh, and Bumblebee because they had them sitting outside, but it, you know it was owned by by uh, Paramount Viacom. Yeah. So I, uh, I at the time I was I was in the in the car wash, uh, barely starting, like at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And they would I would they would send me to go fucking to go wipe them down for the weekend, you know, yeah, nice and funny. nice and fucking shiny for the crowds that were gonna be showing up to take pictures of it and shit. It's crazy. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Um. This is also from Deadline's article. The Cinerama Dome is the only concrete geodesic dome on Earth. The theater uh, is made up of uh, 316 individual hexagonal and pentagonal shapes in 16 different sizes. Each of these pieces are roughly 12 feet across and weigh around 7,500 pounds. What? Yeah. Damn. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, like, so. Yeah, I mean, which is which is amazing that I, you know, like, that was built in 16 weeks. Yeah. Like, you know. Um. But yeah, it's a fucking shame. Uh. You know that the theater system is dying, or I mean, is shifting. I mean, like, AMC is coming back, obviously. Yeah. But it's a shame that because of the leases, they're they're not going to be able to return, and people are going to lose their jobs. Um. But we'll see. Uh, rumor has it, also reported from uh, different articles, is that there might be a big Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood bigwigs that are going to try to save the Cinerama Dome at least just because it's so iconic. Okay. It's actually, uh, uh, even according to Deadline, they talked about it. It's Quinn and Tarantino's favorite theater. Oh, shit. So, okay. I mean, I, you know, and like they'll I said. They'll make it happen. You know, Quentin? Uh, they'll, yeah, they'll make it happen. He'll just have to say the N-word a whole bunch of times in his movies. Um, I was so with that fucking guy. I was so with that <laughs> no, shit, huh? No, Samuel Jackson said it was cool. Huh? Uh, you he know, was in it. Hey, just because he said it was cool doesn't mean that it's cool. Um, you know, one person doesn't give it a pass. Um, all right, so. <laughs> in celebrity, you had, you had in celebrity world, it does. In the celebrity <laughs> world, apparently it does. Um, 
Uh, you oh, got any man. news stories or you want to just keep going? <laughs> news stories? Yeah. Uh, got fuck. tidbits? Nah, I got a couple tidbits and right, shit. Well, like tidbits like the shit about off. the whole fucking... Well, this is kind of related to the whole like movie type of shit. All right. Um, so I'll fucking keep it in that in that same uh, dome. Uh, did you hear about Netflix signing partnerships with fucking Sony to do have exclusive uh, access on their stuff? No. No? Well, I guess they're going to be having exclusive... Like, all the exclusive content from Sony will be on Netflix now. You know, because they're trying to keep up with the competition. Yeah. So. Makes sense. That's makes all sense. I got on that. Okay. Uh, that makes sense, though. I mean, like, you you, you know, as. I have tidbits for later. As, as the studios are, you know, building their own thing. Paramount Plus just launched, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. You know, I Which mean, I like. Which I got already. Netflix is. And it's actually fucking, I like it. Yeah? Yeah, I like it. They got the Mission Impossible films? Yeah. Mission all, Impossible. All Godfathers, the Star Trek? All the Star Trek. All that stuff, huh? Yeah. All I the bet. fucking, uh, all the MTV stuff. All the VH1, uh, VH1 stuff, all the fucking BET stuff, so they got all Comedy four, Central. They got 14 years of music. All Nickelodeon. <laughs> so, yeah, like all yeah, the like, yeah. shows and stuff yeah, like that, that like reality shows. Or some Flux. Of the, yeah, shit like that. That's amazing. Yeah, it has, they have a good a good, uh, and, a good variety. And, and what does it cost like per month? I have no idea. Was, I guess uh, <clears throat> I uh, saw a promotion for 50 bucks for the year, so I scooped it up. I guess it's supposed to be $100 a year. Okay, so that's not terrible. I'm pretty sure it's, it's probably ten bucks like, a month. Yeah, or maybe, no, actually less. It might be a little bit less, you know, nope. for a yeah, month. Hundred dollars. It's uh, like, like eight, eight bucks. yeah, like yeah. eight seven bucks a, a month, some shit like that. I'm sure. Um, even if you pay for the whole year and up front, I'm sure they give you probably a small, a small discount like other companies do. But uh, I just I, sall the I'm deal for fifty bucks, so you know I've been spending a lot of time at home because I still can't walk. I, uh, I see. I see. You still have the cane. Yeah. Uh, well, I saw a doctor. Went to the doctor today. Gave me another month. Another month to learn to walk, cause uh, as soon as he, he's like, get up and, and let me see you walk, and I started to <laughs> walk. He's like, he's like, yep, you need you need way more therapy. Yeah, I was I like, mean, fuck, man. Yeah, I mean, the like, injury Jesus you took was Christ. pretty rough. I mean, we posted the pictures. Yeah, people know. Uh, so, yeah, but it's it, it it was a lot worse than it looked in those pictures. Even <laughs> to like not, it's been seven fucking weeks and I can barely even walk. Yeah, you know, it's 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 been life changing for sure. Mentally I, and everything. I guess a lot more mentally. Cause, uh, well, I mean, like, you know, like, like, we, we, like we've talked about, you know, you have been a pretty active guy. You work, you know, in a physical job and then you come home and you work out and, you know, you're used to being able to, at the drop of a hat, being like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. And, you know, like, you can't, you can, you're hobbling around and yeah. shit. You're walking you know? dogs, stuff like that. And can't even do any of that. Yeah. Cause it's tough. It's hard. Yeah. I, I can imagine that. I, I just recently, uh, um, Two days ago, I hopped on my hoverboard, uh, gathered up the guts to do it. And yeah, it was a little successful, you know. I, I didn't get injured, so I was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I want to move a little bit quicker. <laughs> um, I busted. Yeah, I put, it was in the fucking garage all tucked away. I had to bring it out, charge it up, and I just hopped on it. Practice, and I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, cool. I got this. So, obviously, we're going to go on and uh, talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. episode four. The world is watching. Uh, John Walker loses patience with Sam and Bucky as they learn more about Carly Morgenthau. Uh, it opens up uh, this episode in Wakanda six years before the events of this show. And it's Bucky and Ao, played by uh, Florence Kasumba, who was in Black Panther back in 2018. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're uh, in a campfire, and they're basically checking to make sure that Bucky has truly been broken away from the control that Hydra implanted into him yeah. uh, in their super soldier program, um, which I honestly thought was a really nice moment for Sebastian Stan because you saw him, like, the fear of, like, this isn't going to work. I'm going to go back to being a killer. And while she's saying the words, he's also remembering all the pain that he has caused to people uh, through no fault of his own. You know, and, and the guilt that he lives with. And you see him, like, crying and stuff. And then after she said the seven words, yeah, um, he realized, I didn't turn into the Winter Soldier. I didn't turn into this fucking killer. And, um, you know, he he has a moment of, like, kind of, like, the freedom has hit him. Like he's, I'm free. I'm not this fucking thing anymore. Now it's time to improve, like, myself and, you know, Get redemption for what I've done. Yeah, and that's the reason he goes through all the shit that he was going through afterwards. Exactly. Yeah, and having those fucking nightmare dreams and shit like that. Yeah. So you know, the episode continues with like Carly bombing the GRC in the last episode. I, I will apologize for last week. I 
was not prepared. Um, but she bombed the GRC, and so Zemo in their conversations was saying like she's getting worse, and how the super serum can corrupt people, and so like Sam brings up like Captain America as well. Fucking Steve never fucking became worse. Yeah, and Zemo's like, who else was fucking was Captain America? Whoever who else was Steve, you know, no yeah. one, nobody else could be. That he was bad. like, he was like, yeah, but there hasn't been another Steve, has there? There's nobody like Steve, a pure, moral driven like human being who's like, even if it's wrong, even if like the society says it's wrong, if it's in the name of being right, like if it's the right thing to do, damn the consequences. Like that's who Steve Rogers was. Yeah, and so who's like, a G, who's the G. Yeah, and I mean, I, it was a good example for, you know, it was a good little discussion between Zemo and fucking Sam talking about this whole shit of like, well, this is... Funny how they fucking call Captain America the most moral guy in the world. Yeah. Captain America, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, it was, but it was never Captain America, right? Uh, it was always Steve Rogers. Yeah. Who, be, who people molded into the idea of Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, Carly's bombing doesn't even work. The fuck GRC decides to accelerate recreating the borders around the world. Um, and then the gang, and by the way, the gang is uh, Zemo, uh, Bucky, and Sam. They go to the place where Donya Madani died because in the last episode they talked about where she passed away. Yeah. And Sam, uh, in his exploration of the facility or the, or the refugee camp, talks to this dude who basically explains to him that the GRC has made all these promises and never acted on them. So he's like, I can't trust you. I can't trust them. Like, I can only trust my people here, the people who are actually on the fucking ground trying to do the best for the entire group. And that's when it hits Sam, like, oh, shit, like, this is this is bigger than me. This is bigger than the Carly thing. Like, it all fits together. And you have Simo talking to a bunch of kids with Turkish Delight candy to get him to tell him where her, uh, Donya uh, Madani's funeral yeah, which is, is being, yeah, held. being held. Yeah, being held He also tells the kids, don't trust Sam and Bucky. Um, you know, Sam sees during this whole discussion, like when they go return back to their hotel or whatever, he, he realizes why Carly is protected by the community because she's doing something about it. Yeah. And Bucky and him have a real nice back and forth of what the fuck, it, you know, like, what are they going to do? Like, obviously Carly's not going about this the right way, but he sees where her heart is in it. Right. It's about these people and like taking yeah. care of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Zemo, he's just a piece of shit right here. He's withholding information to, to be like, no, you're going to fucking, you're going to turn on me the moment I fucking give you where Carly is. Well, like, Afu's, yeah, Afu's, he's smart. He's smart, you know, he's a smart fucking dude. And then, uh, you know, they have Sharon come back into the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have uh, Sharon come back into the episode basically only to access satellites for them. Like, that's what they use her for on this fucking episode. <laughs> what a fucking waste. Because, like, she was such a fucking badass in the previous episode in the fight in Madripo uh, Madripoor. Yeah. That, like, I was hoping that, you know, she'd be like, all right, I'm flying out there to meet up with you guys. And, no. Uh, well, no, she can't, right? Because if not, like, uh, they'll try to arrest her and stuff. She's yeah, yeah, stay yeah, yeah. She's stay there. But still, like, I feel like, what a fucking waste of this character. Like, you just, oh, hold on. No, I can check those satellites for you. All right, bro. Well, they got to keep her in the episode, keep her relevant, they, yeah, you know? Yeah, they don't yeah, want to completely just keep her out of that complete episode, Yeah, it's just think. the one episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then um, Carly and one of her super soldiers, they go get the serum from the uh, cemetery uh, that they have kept at the uh, at the, the tomb of, or not, or the grave of um, the guy's uh, grandfather. Yeah. And uh, during this whole time, he talks about how he was a fan of Captain America, how before there was just... Uh, good and bad, you know, and now people are lost. And uh, he was basically talking about, like, why they need to have somebody like them. You know, they need a new kind of leader for this kind of world that they're in, you know, um, because heroes don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean, which I thought was a pretty interesting line because, like, the world that they've returned to is different, right? Like, yeah. they're trying to go back to the way things were, but you know that they can't. Like, it's impossible. The world has changed so much. Um, and the whole idea of, like, their plan is that they're going to outlive, you know, the ideas of what this shield was, the legacy of the shield. And, you know, I, I thought it was a, a pretty good conversation to have. Um, eventually, John Walker and Hoskins, they find 
the dudes, you know, they find the gang, the Scooby gang, as yeah. they're going to Dona Madrina's, Madrina's, uh, <laughs> Madari's, uh, Madari's funeral. Uh, funeral there, of course. Yeah. They fucking... And uh, when they get there, fucking, you know, John Walker's like, fuck it, we gotta go in there. We gotta, we gotta beat people up. We gotta fucking take them down. And Sam's like, hold on, hold on. No, dude, like, this isn't the solution, bro. Like, let me go and talk to her. And, you know, Carly and him are having a discussion. They're having a back and forth. You know, Sam's basically like, I get what you're saying, but you're going about this the wrong way. You know, he's easing it all in. Like, and you see that just when he's about to reach that tipping point where he's really going to have Yeah, because the other food's fucking in the, in the, keep switching back to where Captain America's at. And uh, he keeps freaking, uh, uh, just pissing himself off and hyping himself up. Yeah. Like, and because he's failed a, a bunch already as Captain yeah. America, right? Yeah. So he feels frustrated. And in his frustration, he jumps the gun. You know, Carly runs away, and she thinks Sam's a fucking traitor. And uh, Zemo shoots her when she's, like, hiding in the facility or whatever. And he she drops all the serum, and he starts cracking them all. Yeah. And John Walker eventually knocks him out and then takes the last vial of serum for himself. Yeah. Which, honestly, when he did that, I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's going to fucking take it. Yeah, no, that's what I thought, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, So Carly's new plan is, like, I got to kill Captain America. I got to kill this new motherfucker. And I got to do that by splitting up the the, the this team the, that yeah, I see. The crew. Like, yeah, because she thinks, like, Bucky and Sam are working with Captain America against her. When it turns out Bucky and Sam are working for themselves. You know, and Captain yeah, because she doesn't know yeah. what the fuck's going know. on. She of just, course, she's yeah. just assuming this shit. So you know, you know, while she's thinking about this, Zemo and them have gone back to the hotel, and uh, Zemo asks Sam, like, "Would you take the serum?" Which Sam automatically says, "No," and he's like, "You know, like, well, you know, super super soldiers shouldn't exist, and blah 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 blah. You know, they're too much like gods." And Sam's like, well, then that's that's you talk like a god right now because then you decide who gets to exist in the world, yeah, who exactly. doesn't. What about Bucky, bro? Don't fuck with Bucky, homie. Yeah, um, you know. And he was like, blood is not is not uh, blood isn't always a solution. The solution. Yeah, yeah. Um, which shows that Sam's morality lines up with Captain America's morality yeah. in a lot of ways. They have different ways of going about it, right? Like Captain America, with Bucky, he knew. Bucky's a good guy. He's just under some sort of control. I have to risk myself to, to be able to, yeah, save, to him. save him. Um, you know, and then <laughs> I like when, when at that point, freaking uh, Bucky comes in, he's like, well, John Walker's crazy. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure enough, as they're talking about it, John Walker comes in and wants them to hand over Zemo. They don't want to do that. And he starts going like, what, you want the shield? Huh? I'll put the shield down. Let's let's duke this out with Sam. And Sam's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, I'm not going to fight you. And here come the, um, the Dora Milaje, the female warriors of Wakanda. And they fuck John Walker up. Yeah. Um, my favorite part was when Sam goes, Bucky, we got to do something. D uh, looking strong, John. <laughs> 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 and, you know, he's embarrassed at the end of this fight. And yeah, John, he gets fucking put to shame. John looks at Hoskins. And, and Zemo gets away. And Zemo the, gets the, away, that's right. The Zemo. whole fight going on, they fucking forget oh, about... Style. They forget. Yeah, <laughs> they, the fucking Wakandas forget to... to, to, to Grab that fool because that's the whole reason they were there and they ended up fucking up everybody pretty much. Oh, yeah. They fucking whooped the ass. They disarmed that Bucky. That shit was tight. <laughs> they yeah. disarmed Bucky. That's literally disarming him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Did yeah, you know they could do that? Yeah. No. That shit was tight. That shit was tight. It was good. And of course the Wakandans would know that, right? It was a right? good fight. Yeah, it was a really good fight. The yeah, Wakandans it would know it, Vibranium, they built it, but on top of that, they know that there is a small possibility that Bucky might go to the dark side again, and they have to disable him as best as possible. They can't keep letting him have the vibranium arm. Yeah. So to prove... Because that definitely uh, holds in a lot of his power, he I, does. I feel like. He does. He pulls his punches. Yeah. It's the same thing like Spider-Man. Yeah. But because it, in the movies, he goes fucking ham. He does. And, and that's the thing, right? Bucky... When they disarmed him, they were letting him know, 
Don't forget who took care of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Don't bite the hand that feeds. Exactly. And you you know, John and uh, Hoskins, they go into a cafe and they're talking about the serum and would you take it? Would you not take it? And Hoskins is like, fuck yeah, I would take it. And um, John Walker was just super embarrassed. He was like, they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah, exactly. Because he fucking, he just, that's what I kept saying. I was like, remember I said that last, last uh, episode? This guy's just a regular dude. Yeah, he is a regular dude, like Sam. Well, he's not a regular dude anymore because he fucking popped some fucking good good on, in him. You know? He did pop the good good in him, and um, it caused a lot of problems. So, like, you know, uh, Carly sets up a trap for John Walker to stab him and take him out. Yeah. And um, he they use Hoskins as leverage. They capture him, and um, they don't know that Walker's taking the serum. And he starts... Did you notice he was tweaking when he threw the shield? Like, he tweaks a bit? Yeah. Um... And how Sam finds out is as he's climbing the stairs, one of the super soldiers of um, the car, of the flag smashers comes flying through a fucking door all the way to a fire hose like thing. <laughs> he like slams in there and he's like, oh, shit. He's what did you do? Goes, what did you do? They have Hoskins. <laughs> oh, fuck. So he lets it go. Yeah. And um, this whole fight's ensuing. You know, Bucky saves uh, Sam from one of the flag smashers and the other Flag Smashers who are busy with John Walker, they capture him. And just as Carly's about to stab him, yeah. Hoskins comes, saves the day like a true friend. And as a <laughs> thank you for saving John Walker, Carly chest punches him right into a fucking pillar. And sure enough, he's fucking he dead. breaks his neck on the yeah. pillar. And, yeah, because uh, he hits that shit all bad. And John fucking snaps, yeah, bro. yeah. Jumps out the window. He starts chasing the dude from the cemetery who was a fan of Captain America and start and starts going all Batman on him, like, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> he was fucking pissed. Yeah, he was. He starts beating him down. Beating him down with his shield. And he doesn't stop. <laughs> it does not stop until those those blood drops go. Yeah. All I, over. I was like, oh shit. When that moment when that moment happened. And I, then all everybody's phones came out. Of course, they had to bring You're in that model shit. Captain yeah, yeah. America. Yeah. I was like, "Oh damn!" He he pulled an ultimate Karen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I said, "Fuck." Yeah. Oh shit, dude. Honestly, That's that fucked mo- up. That moment happened. That shit looked pretty tight though when he fucking kind of pulled up and the fucking shield had blood and and I it was, was the like, last oh, okay, shot. Of the I like that shot. I said that shot looks pretty tight. I said, "But nah, who fucking up?" Because of what it represents. Yeah, it, re- it represents a. Cinematography-wise, it was a good shot. Yeah, but the thing is, is that we're used to when Captain America is holding the shield, he looks like a hero. Yeah. He doesn't look like a fucking monster. Yeah. And it's exactly what John Walker has become. He's become a fucking monster yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that he had a conversation with Hoskins was... I'm wondering what's going to happen in the next episode. Who boy. I don't even know. I, I think they might try to strip him of the of Captain America. Of course they are. The, I mean... The United States government might yeah. try to actually strip him. I don't know how successful that's going to be. But what I feel also is like the conversation that Hoskins and him had at the cafe, Hoskins told him like, well, the serum brings out who you really are. Look at Steve. No, no. Steve was a good guy. It just gave him strength. That's all that it ever gave him. Yeah. It just gave him the muscles to do the impossible. But Steve was always a good dude, always doing the right thing, always standing up for the ones who couldn't stand up for themselves, even when he was weak. John Walker is a good soldier who believes he's a good person, but all he knows is warfare. He has been scarred by the trauma of war. So he has a a very close relationship to his soldiers. And when they lose people, it warps him too. It makes him darker more impatient, more aggressive. Yeah. And I, I really like the, the the dual fucking images of what we know in our head when it comes to Captain America. I'm excited for this fucking show, man. Yeah, it's shit's fucking dope. Uh, I, I will say right now, I probably like this show more than WandaVision. Yeah, me too. Only because it's, it's darker now. Like, the comedy stuff in the beginning, right? But now it's, like, shifted in its tone. It's dark. For, it's brooding. For me, it's, for me uh, uh, it's like WandaVision is kind of for the kids, you know? It's what it almost like. It's not too brutal. It's no, but too... it does deal with grief. Yeah. 
but it's not in a in a nicer sense. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's different. Shit! Imagine you're like fucking nine years old. You go watch Infinity War and you see fucking Thanos crack fucking <laughs> in and pulls the thing out. You're like Vision, and yeah. then. You see him like you're all, here's here you are yeah, four years later because he didn't even look like, that bad. Fucking drama. <laughs> no, <laughs> didn't he look didn't that look bad. That he bad. looked like a fucking. Mother. I was like, holy shit. Nah, I didn't look that bad. Oh man, he looked he looked rough. It's just a robot, man. It's not even like it's a you know. But what is a robot, bro? Um, he can uh, think for himself. He's all machine. Uh, let he's us all know me- what you think. He's all metal on the inside. You can find That's us on what Instagram I do now. as the Renderos Bros. And now our two movies of the fucking week, both Apple originals. Yeah, Manzanas. Uh, we have Greyhound, uh, several months after the U.S. entry into World War II, an inexperienced U.S. Navy commander must lead an Allied convoy being stalked by a German submarine wolf pack. Uh, directed by Aaron Schneider and starring Tom Hanks, which he also wrote the screenplay based on the novel The Good Shepherd by C.S. Forrester. Um, I, I got to tell you, there's things about this movie that I liked, and there's things about this movie that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, which was? Uh, for me, I like the naval warfare. I think it was handled really gracefully. I think the the way that they really showed you how things were done on a ship, from plotting courses to using sonar and radar together to try to pinpoint enemies. Yeah. The discussion of back and forth, how a captain ran his ship. Yeah, of course. You know, I, I really appreciated all of that visually the movie is pretty cool i mean it's a little bit on the gray side scheme wise it's a little too colorless yeah but i think it fit this movie uh, well, pretty is, well it's in the ocean battleships are gray uh the colorless is i think is more of like a uh blending in with its environment even being out there in in where there's nothing you know what i mean yeah see it's like um, fucking Car- Carnival Cruise has fucking colorful shit on the side of it, but right. a fucking battleship, like, come on. You yeah, know? No, but, I be, but I think the thing is, is that even with but that all sets that... But that sets its tone, though, because you can't really add any color to it. No. And you know, in the life best. They go through a storm. You got orange. Know, all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> Orangey. <laughs> but I really liked all of that, the moving parts of a ship and how it worked together to become one vessel. Yeah, even like, the battleship, the battles were pretty pretty tight. Battles were pretty well shot. Like I will agree, they played out really well. They felt uh, intense. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. I can't hate Tom Hanks in the film. Yeah, he's always on point. Who knows what he's doing? Uh, you know, he knows what he's doing. For me, Tom Hanks is always solid as an actor. It doesn't matter what role he's in. Even if I don't like the movie, I like Tom Hanks in it. And Tom Hanks does his job in this film. I feel that what hurt for me in terms of film-wise was that his character wasn't strong enough for me to really appreciate the journey of the character and the people on this ship. Like, there wasn't enough exploration of the of the people on the boat. Like, I knew that the uh, waiter, the, 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 the mess hand, appreciated the captain and his religion like when yeah. when, when uh, the captain would pray he would pray alongside him while the rest of the people on the ship looked at him like are you fucking kidding me right now come on dog like we got shit to do yeah and um you know he ends up dying and i think tom hanks feels bad because he didn't take a meal when he was being offered the meal by the mess hand yeah he um, sent it to his yeah, he said, no, no, set it aside or send it to somebody no, who said, needs it. Send it to his, uh, his boy that was uh, also putting in work, you know? Yeah, but also putting in work. But the, the, the last time, right before oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. he had a, a meal prepped for him and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what really hurt the film for me. Um, the movie felt predictable, obviously, because of the type of film films that have come before it. It felt like I've seen this before, even if it is... Uh, submarine warfare, yeah. naval warfare. Yeah, because you know that at the end, they're going to come out on top. You know, so, yeah, and I wasn't a big fan of breaking up the story into chapters, like the fading out and then like being and like, next day, 24 hours, 36 hours. I feel that instead of the fadeaway, just cut. You, you could have like cut, you know, and have the boat continue on and then just have it pop up like you would have in the, in the names of the ships pop up, the people on uh, who are talking you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like you didn't need to do that to to break it up to me. You could have just been like twenty four hours to go before you get to the uh, safe zone. And but that I think they were trying to give you a sense of how many days are going by because they could have just shot it all in one shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then not even done that at all. And they probably 
it wouldn't have been that bad. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like that stuff hurt the film for me, but overall, I enjoyed the movie. You know, I mean, like, what were your thoughts on the whole thing? I fucking enjoyed it a lot because um, I didn't expect it to be that good for it just for it to be a movie about uh ships, uh, you know, destroying each other. Or I didn't even, like I don't know how how much of a battle it was gonna be. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. I liked it. I, I mean, it does remind us of the dangerous position that you know the united states and the world was in during that period of time yeah it also trips me out because it's all happening out in the ocean and you know i've I've been on cruise lines so it's it's pretty fucking intense to know that that's you know i've I've been out in the middle of nowhere you're looking around there ain't shit around you know what i mean no exactly (laughs) so to be like yo their fucking ship's gonna get destroyed or you know anything could happen out there it's, it's crazy that's yeah. also something that I kept in mind, you know, while I was watching it. So that's the reason I, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I mean, so overall, I mean, I think there's more pros and cons. I give it a seven. Yeah, I gave it an eight. On the Renderos Brothers scale of entertainment. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, so it, it, these are all on Apple. You can yeah. check them out. And then we have the Russo Brothers uh, directed film. A Cherry. Uh, yeah, Cherry drifts from college dropout to army medic in Iraq, anchored by his only by his true love, Emily. But after returning from the war with PTSD, his life spirals into drugs and crime as he struggles to find his place in the world. Uh, this is directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. Uh, it's written by Angela Russo uh, Ostot, a screenplay by, and uh, Jessica Goldberg, a screenplay by, based on a novel by Nico Walker. Yeah. Um, starring Tom Holland, uh, Chiara Bravo, uh, Jack Rayner, Jeff Wahlberg, and Forrest Goodluck. That guy Jack Rayner had a crazy name. His name was Pills and Coke. Pills and Coke. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, this movie for me was frustrating as fuck. Uh, the only positive thing that I had from this film was Tom Holland's performance and some of the orchestral score. I appreciate it. Just song wise, I liked the songs they picked. Yeah, but it had, but it, it felt out of place when they were using it. Yeah. But I appreciated the music. Um, it felt like the Russo brothers put this movie together. It feels disjointed. It doesn't feel cohesive as a whole because there's a lot of points where he like talks to you uh, by breaking the fourth wall. There's a lot of times where he's just narrating. There's a lot of times where nothing is narrated at all. There's no breaking the fourth wall and the movie just going. Uh, and it felt like a really weird music video was being filmed. A lot of shots were slowed down and shit. A lot of shots yeah. slowed down. When he first sees Emily, it's a slowed down shot. She's got the the nice uh, color pop image like she's heaven sent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of moments where they're getting high or he is, like, thinking on his own or he's just walking across the street. It's these long kind of slowed-down shots, and they really got on my fucking nerves. Even when he's first talking to uh, uh, her, Emily's uh, character at the college, um, every it's like he's uh, tunnel vision just for her because everything around her is, is blurry and her back for him. Yeah. You know, it's like the world didn't exist when they were talking to each other, in a sense. Exactly. You know? And it just, you know, like, uh, Forrest Goodluck, who plays his best friend, James Lightfoot, I felt, I can't believe that this is your best friend since childhood. You, you've not explored James as a character. He just looks like somebody who's been suffering from life experiences, which you give me a, a bare bones explanation. Yeah, a brief uh, explanation of it. Both and parents died. Both brother, parents brother died. was all crazy. Yeah. He was pretty much on his own. And it felt... It didn't feel natural. It makes you want to. It makes you just uh, be a, um, uh, like it's just pre- prejudice since you're just thinking about that person. However, however, you would always picture someone that goes through something like that, and like in in because in in the fashion that they were showing already him with drugs and shit like that. It's like okay, yeah, um, you know, uh, pills and coke. Oh, you tell me he sells coke. You <laughs> give me one scene where he torments his younger sister with Down syndrome with. Yeah. Which like I, a or some shit. Yeah, yeah, like he's a piece of shit, but yet as a junkie, he's like, I'm cool with this kind of behavior. I don't know. I, I felt it felt weird that this is 
how you're going to show this character to me. You know, uh, Emily, she just felt like she was there. There was no real exploration of her character besides the one conversation they had in the beginning when they were first dating where she talked about catching her father cheating. Yeah. But other than that, she... Well, it's all like the fucking, the, 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 the main that they were doing everything that they went through, that they were doing it for. Yeah. Well, who the fuck is this guy? You know? And he fucking, it's just... Black for black? Yeah, bl- yeah for black. Like, <laughs> you know, who what is the black? Yeah. What is he, what is he all about? I don't yeah. understand. I get that he's like the upper chain in the drug world or whatever, but how many times are you robbing? I I just don't I don't fucking get it. Yeah, it was a it was a lot, it was a big mess. It was, the fucking movie was way too fucking long. The movie was two hours and twenty minutes long. Some scenes were way too fucking dragged the fuck on. Yeah, and repeated. So it's like I got I was fucking over it, dude. Pretty quick. I had to watch it in two uh in two sessions. I watched it all in one straight shot, but the whole time, I had to fight my urge of picking up my phone. And just being like, fuck this movie. <laughs> and and, and I, I don't want to say that Tom Holland... Tom Holland is really charismatic. Yeah. He does a really good job in the film. Unfortunately, everything else around him From, doesn't feel right. Yeah. The way that it's shot doesn't feel right. It's trying to be grimy and beautiful all at the same time. And so a lot of sequences don't feel right. Like when they're doing heroin... It doesn't feel grimy, yeah. Because they're also doing it. In, it's also shot in a way where it's kind of giving it this aesthetically pleasing look. And I felt really odd about some of the decisions that they made to shoot this film. I appreciate the fact that Tom Holland is, you know, really trying to do more adult work for you know himself now that he's you know a little bit older and stuff and yeah. trying to expand as an actor. Um, and I'm, I really am excited to see what work I will get out of this young guy, you know, because he's like, what, in his mid-20s or something? Yeah. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where his career goes because I think he's got some real talent, you know. Um, it just It's a shame that the movie just didn't land. And, and, and I think if it was a different film altogether shot in this style, it might have played off yeah, better. Like it, if has it, was- its, it has its scenes. It has its scenes. It has its moments. Definitely has its moments, but not very many and not very long. Yeah, and it, yeah, as a whole, it doesn't yeah, fit. Yeah, so as a whole, it doesn't yeah, fit. But has little moments, little glimpses of stuff in here that yeah. you're like, oh, cool, but not. it's not enough to save this movie. Exactly. So for me, um, on the scale of entertainment, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it a 5. It has a little lenient on it. Uh, I was trying to be a lot less. You were a it. lot, yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, but man, this fucking movie was. I was all I was trying to do the whole time was fast forward. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck, it's, it's rough. This. It, it was a rough viewing experience, just because it my dragged. favorite scenes were the army scenes when they're out in the battle. And you know what? I didn't even particularly care for that either. Yeah, so that was my, because those my I've, favorite scenes. I've seen better films. Yeah, of course. Like, but then, like compared to what the hell was going on before that, I wasn't trying to watch it. It was uh, real slow to go. I wasn't watching, trying to watch a romantic movie that was boring. You know what I mean? Like not even a, not even a rom-com. Yeah. Rom-coms at least keep my attention. But this shit was like, fuck, man. Like, come on. Like, the dude was just crazy in a sense. Like, I don't know. They were, it, trying, to, they were trying to make him... They were trying to show you how he, bro- how he cracked off, right off the jump in a, in a way, you know? Because he was already a weirdo, so it is what it is. Yeah, you don't have to watch this. Yeah, skip it. You you can watch Greyhound. You'll you'll be at least entertained with. Yeah, Greyhound, Greyhound was cool. That's the one I'll recommend. Between the two, I'll recommend Greyhound. Yeah, fuck yeah, me too. So you got tidbits? I got a couple of tidbits. Nothing uh, major. Did you know that uh, you could ask for a cheese cup at Wendy's for your fries and nuggets? I didn't know that. That's a a stupid tidbit right there. A cheese cup? Cheese cup? Yeah. Is it melted cheese? Yeah, melted cheese, of course. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that's like one of the hidden things that the employees say is one of the best things to have there. That's funny. Yeah. I did not know that. I'll have to do that. Yeah. Not that I go to Wendy's? Yeah, Wendy's. Not that I go to Wendy's all that often. There was a few other ones like phone from Subway. I heard like about five of them um, that I found. Uh, but the Wendy's one's probably like the only one that I'll probably try. Yeah. No, Wendy's has uh, pretty good chicken sandwiches. I really like their chicken sandwiches there. Yeah. I like the fucking uh, the, that value menu. Value menu goes a long way. The value menu back in the day, a long back way. in the day when I was broke, uh, 
it was it was fucking delicious. So I just think even now it's yeah. just it's just good, man. You just like I can't can you, change can it up. I can't, yeah, I can't change the pace on that. Yeah, they got rid of my favorite value meal, which was the uh, spicy go wraps. Ah oh, shit, okay. But it's fine. I, they got some chicken sandwiches. Yeah, they got rid of the fucking uh, baked potato with fucking broccoli and cheese, dumb bastards. That shit was <laughs> bomb. Um, it was only a dollar, so it was good. Uh, the second tidbit I got is for anybody that wants to make a hundred dollars an hour, but for only twenty four hours, of course. Uh, there's always a catch uh, with, a, uh, I guess, Magellan. Magellan's going to be a streaming company um, of uh, just true crime type of television. So they want to pick three individuals to do some binge watching and just report it back on social media. You will get paid $100 an hour for it for 24 hours of your binging. And um, you don't have to do the 24 hours all in one spurt, of course. Just clock in those 24 hours. Okay. Um, and report on it and shit, and then fucking uh, you get Magellan TV also free for a year. But uh, you can, you know, I think I whoever, do whoever's down with that, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I ain't, da- I'm not down. I think if I was gonna do Magellan for 24 hours, I would be fucking crazy and just do the 24 hours in one shot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just be like, <laughs> all right, guys, what's up? It's your boy Sam. Uh, we're gonna watch Magellan TV right now. You could we're probably, st- yeah, if you would stream yourself, then you're earning your hundred bucks. We're gonna start with Richard Ramirez, serial killer. Yeah, that that's just to me is just I'm not down with that fucking type of shit. True crime, uh, um, I've had my fill. I've had my fill for sure. Uh, I I still get my fill through uh, one of my favorite podcasts, the the last podcast on the left. Yeah, okay. Just because they're funny about it, they yeah, they no, treat, it's... they talk about these fucking horrible people like the true pieces of shit that they are, and I appreciate it like that. Okay. So they they don't try to glorify it. I mean, these people are fucking monsters, and yeah, I just don't like treatment. I just don't like hearing those type of stories because man, fucking, it's just no, talking about be, sadness and depression. Like I'm straight, y'all. Some of them can be fucked up. I'd rather um, hear a joke in a different way. Fuck it. All right, guys, uh, thank you for joining us. We always appreciate you taking the time to listen to two knuckleheads uh, explore the world and film and television around and us. try new beers, bitches. And try new beers again. Uh, honestly, uh, New Glory Craft Brewery. This gummy worms chewy pale ale is really fucking good. And, yeah, I'm surprised uh, you liked it. I did like I'm, it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay, that's I'm fine. okay with it. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but anyways, you guys can find us on Instagram as the Renderos Bros. Yeah. You can find us individually as Render Me Sam. I am Hollywood Mike with a double I. Um, and always, you can email us, as always, you can email us at renderosbros at gmail.com. Yeah, rate and, re- rate and review us too on, uh, on Podcasts, Apple or wherever, wherever else you can do it. Yeah, wherever you can, rate and review us. It helps us out. Um, yeah. Let us know about any beers you want us to try. We still got to gotta get a couple of, uh, get my hands on a couple of beers that I've been recommended by a couple of people. My boy Brian and, um, you know, I'm just, I got I to gotta find this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but we got, luckily, Ryan hooked us up uh, besides these two that he we got, brought we us. Got some I have, other I have ones a third for that we're going to have to split. Yeah. And then, um, as always, uh, if you have any recommendations for films or anything you want us to watch, uh, let us know as well. We will watch it. Yeah, um, fuck yeah. Just because, you know, we're Even trying, if it's old. Even if it's old, doesn't matter. We'll talk about it. All right, guys, uh, just one last thing. Remember, uh, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Wipe that ass. Get vaccinated. And we'll use catch sa- you guys. Use sanitizer. Use sanitizer, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yep. Oh, thank you.